This is the Warm Springs program on KWSO. Here's Warm Springs Community Health Manager Katie Russell. So there have been a lot of changes to the COVID protocols and guidelines that we follow. And there have been a lot of cases in this last week. Last week we had 36 new cases, which was a a sharp increase from the week before. So please do what you can to stay safe and to not be exposed. The new guidelines, the biggest change is that um, anyone who's exposed will need to quarantine if they have not had a booster dose. So that means that if you got your two shots last spring when we were doing everybody, but you haven't gotten a booster dose since then, you will need to quarantine if you um, are exposed to someone who is positive. So that's the biggest change. The good news in that is quarantine has been decreased from 14 days to five days. So that's the good news. So it's not quite as long. All of this is continuing to be changing. So please follow closely for um, updates. Um, there's Things have been changing rapidly in this last week. That's kind of the biggest news for us. So if you have not had a booster dose and it's been more than six months since your last shot, please call the clinic to get your next shot. And that's really important. Um, if it's been less than six months, then you're still within a good period. So that's okay. The other thing that's changed is if you do test positive and you have mild symptoms or your symptoms are getting better, you only need to isolate for five days. So it used to be 10 days and now it's been switched to five days. So that's a little bit of a change as well. But we do ask for both people who are quarantining and isolating that even after the five days that you wear a mask for another five days whenever you're around anyone. So that would be even at your home. Those are just some of the changes that are happening. As a reminder, quarantine is for people who have been exposed to the disease, but they did not test positive. So um, that means you don't have it, but you're exposed. Um, And then anyone who's in isolation, that isolation is for people who have tested positive for COVID. So it's a little bit different. We're looking at being contagious versus the disease incubating. So if you're isolating, we want you to stay away from others so that you don't get other people sick because you are contagious. If you're in quarantine, we want you to stay away from others um, because you're going to be incubating. So you're going to be having the virus kind of growing inside of you, but hasn't expressed itself and been make you sick yet. So those are the two differences between quarantine and isolation. One more thing is that booster doses have been approved for kids 12 and older. So if you have anyone who's 12 or older who has had both of their shots, please call and see um, if they qualify for a booster. The timeline is just a little bit different on that one. Um, For the 12 and older, they can be five months from their last shot, whereas everyone else, it's six months. So it's a little bit different. If you have any questions, please do call the clinic at 541-553-2131 to ask about vaccine questions. That's Community Health Manager Katie Russell with an update on the latest COVID-19 protocols. 
The Native Aspirations Coalition has been around for quite a while now. It meets once a month. Michael Martinez is a certified prevention specialist. At the first meeting of the new year, he talked about how the coalition has changed some since it was first formed back in March of 2010. Back then, it was called the Warren Springs Prevention Coalition. And uh, it really started out as efforts to sort of continue and pick up where the Meth Prevention Task Force left off here in Warren Springs because there hadn't been any sort of group meeting around that and we wanted to get that going because when I first started in this, I was under the Meth and Suicide Prevention Initiative. So Rosanna and I reestablished the coalition back in 2010. But then we found out as we were getting more grant funds, uh, we also came to work under like youth violence prevention gang prevention, you know, suicide, of course, alcohol and drug underage drinking prevention. And then we renamed the coalition, the Native Aspirations Coalition, after a grant that we'd received back in 2012 and 13. And we've been going pretty steady ever since then. And we know that historically coalitions and task force tend to have a time limit on them. However, with this, uh, we tend to keep going because new issues really pop up. Uh, We're always looking for more opportunities to partner with different groups of people on different issues. And then we know, too, this also provides a mouthpiece for the community to participate in the work we do, not only as a voice and as a vote, as everybody gets, but also as volunteers. So we've gotten into some pretty heavy discussions over the years. And one of the things I'm happy about is something that came up about three years ago was really the homeless shelter and how we're going to help and serve that population in Warren Springs. And that's finally coming into fruition this year in a way that it never really had. So that's something that came out of discussions with this group and funding has been secured. The Native Aspirations Coalition typically meets on the first Monday of every month. It is currently held virtually. You can reach out to Mikey for details at michael.martinez at wstribes.org or give him a call at 541-615-0035. During the most recent meeting of the Warm Springs Native Aspirations Coalition, participants shared about the work of their programs. My name is Raina Estimo. I'm community planner for the Health and Human Service Branch for the Confederated Tribes of Warm Springs. Um, currently working on establishing a regional health equity coalition around missing and murdered Indigenous relatives or missing and murdered Indigenous people. Raina coordinated the recent Warm Springs Toy Drive in partnership with other departments and organizations. She talks about how the effort to provide for the community was broader than just toys for kids. December 21st, we did a toy distribution for 1,000 kids that were served. We also included family gifts. So if a car came through the toy drive, they also received a household item. We had household appliances, we had blankets, we had um, towels things like that. They got a pretty, pretty nice family gift or they should have. We served, I think at the very end of the toy drive, the last hour, we had 10 families come through that we didn't have, we couldn't fill their entire orders. So we had one more PO and we end up shopping it the very next day. So we did serve every family that came through, which was over a thousand. Um, the same day, the community center staff and the senior program staff and the Pupalux Misha staff Part of them also delivered elder gift baskets, and that was um, around 400, I believe, they got out that day. It included jerky, canned salmon, gloves, socks, 
um, they did snacks with oranges and apples and um, a mug, a custom mug, a really nice um, with a uh, coyote logo. And then we had a few other holiday distributions. We served High Loki. Every resident there actually created a list and we were able to shop their list for them. And then, um, so that was all the High Loki residents. Plus we did a homeless gift distribution that continued through last week. So there was about 40 homeless people that were served and um, we were able to give them some pretty good stuff too. Um, we ended up actually um, having a PO that we didn't get to shop the week before. So we were able to hand out sleeping bags to everybody, which was huge because um, it was really cold last week. Um, al along with other items, we were able to give out some cots and we gave them all tarps. Uh, we gave them a bag with snacks and gloves, hand warmers, hygiene items. Um, and then last week, no one really knew about it, but we were also able to do um, gift cards for our higher ed students. I think those got sent out last week. I'm not sure if they got them yet. So those were all the holiday gift programs that we did in the last couple of weeks. I think that's all the updates I have for right now. The Warm Springs Native Aspirations Coalition met this past week and participants offered updates on their programs and how they provide services to our community and the region. I'm Dot Thurby. I've been working with Neighbor Impact this last past year, and we just opened a Neighbor Impact office um, here in Warm Springs at the uh, Family Resource Building. It's going to be Tuesdays and Thursdays, 9 to noon. So I'll be there. Whether you're looking for housing help, a food pantry, or help with bills, Neighbor Impact can help. My name is Jaceline Brisbow. I work here at Prevention to focus on opioids. So we're planning another round dance for the 15th of January. Um, the Christmas round dance was really great. So we just want to continue that effort in our community. Um, it's the same process. And right now I'm in a dilemma trying to um, figure out if we can use the gym. If we can't use the gym, we might move it to an alternate location. So I just have to clarify that today. So it'll be January 15th and it's dinner at 530 and it will be at 630. You guys want to hear some good music, get some healing, some spirituality. This is a great asset. Um, Colin did a great job of a keeping everything on track and Carlos did a great job in seeing for us. And um, so, yeah, like that by everybody. My name is Demas Martinez. I work with the Long Springs Community Action Team, a nonprofit located on the campus. Our primary objective is to organize the but we have other projects going. I'm the uh, financial counselor there and newly um, certified housing counselor. So I'm looking forward to um, more progress and and what I'm doing and teaching our community members uh, the ins and outs of basic financial education and home buying. In years past, uh, Warm Streets Community Action Team was a volunteer income tax uh, volunteer site for for uh, Warm Springs. This year, we're going to open the doors back up and do taxes, but um, it's a drop off. So, you know, tribal members, elders, workers that work with the tribe. Or, um, any any role on the tribe, even if you're a non-tribal member, you can schedule an appointment. We'll be, I think, starting February 8th, maybe, for um, income tax. So that's something we didn't do last year because of COVID. Emergency Manager Dan Martinez. 
So I'm overseeing the water distribution center, the food bank, and of course, um, COVID-19. And, and presently we're giving out self-test kits to the community members in the event they want to test their families for COVID-19. We've been working on that. Hey, uh, I just wanted to uh, give a shout out to all the partnerships we have online today. Um, um, particularly, um, you know, our neighborhood impact, uh, volunteers and donations we've received just in the last year. Um, our facilities put out close to 2.1 million gallons of drinking water in the last 14 months. In the two year span that we've been with these water crises, we're approaching 3.100,000 gallons of drinking water um, being handled by the young group that I have here. So. Um, definitely um, unloading, loading, reloading, and, and keeping people in their vehicles it's because of the COVID-19 and wearing the mask has been a challenge. But the young ones that work for me under the Killings program and yours, Mike's, and prevention has been a blessing uh, for our community. And I just want to make sure our partnerships that are listening, um, we certainly do thank you for your support. Um, over the um, Christmas holidays, we, we gave out 640 food boxes. I mean, we're talking 40 pound food boxes, um, 400 turkeys. Imagine that, handing out 400 turkeys on the drive-through, um, cold, windy, chilly days, but these folks did great. Um, prevention team did an excellent job handing out um, Christmas gifts to the community, and I certainly appreciate that. Um, I'm glad to say our warming shelter is up and running. We had to clean out a day use area down below. Again, the partnerships, the work that these young ones put in, um, clearing out that Clinton Park was just amazing. Within four hours, we had it all clean, spick and span, and, and um, had those folks relocated. So, again, it's all about the partnerships. Without you folks, we couldn't be able to do this. Um, certainly, neighborhood impact and, and the traces and a lot of other folks that joined forces. And then finally, um, it, it, with the good blessing behind all this, St. Charles Hospital, our good friends, um, out of the facilities are donated a forklift to our organization, a $40,000 forklift that we use to load the pellets of water and food donations. So I want to make sure that as a coalition team that we recognize those benefits to the tribes and to your other agencies that, you know, together we can make a difference. And St. Charles Hospital did just that by donating a forklift, a brand new one to boot. So. Um, I just want to make that clear to you guys, without your partnerships, we'd be hopeless right now for the most part, at least by donation. So thank you very much. That's my message from our facilities throughout the Native Aspirations Coalition meets virtually at the start of each month. It's made up of service providers from Warm Springs and the Central Oregon region, and community member participation is always being sought. I'm Liz Smith reporting for the Warm Springs program on 91.9 FM, KWSO.